I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. Y'all, <laughs> Ashley and I are, we're sitting here and we just hopped off of an interview with Jillian from Dress Gallery, who was our dress expert that we had on. And we are literally mind blown. I can't, blown? I blown? can't function blown. Yeah. I can, I legitimately cannot stop saying, wow. Like I just went to go get coffee and go to the bathroom because we talk for a long time this episode it's going to be at least an hour and a half an hour 45 it's going to be no this will be a two hour episode it is it is a beefy boy we talk for a long time and you guys i can't express to you the way that i feel right now like i feel full i feel loved i feel like i view myself in a different way than the way that i did prior to having not even having this conversation, hearing Jillian speak like just makes you feel so good about yourself and your life. And if you could, if you guys could like see video of us, we're just like, I feel like we just had this conversation that was like otherworldly. Like it was just so unexplainably life giving and amazing that I as a male didn't know how I was going to, what to contribute coming into this. But this conversation goes beyond just your dress. Like it goes beyond like some people might view this as, Oh, this is a shallow purchase or whatever, you know, but it's like right out the gate, Jillian gives this definition of a wedding dress that blew my mind and completely changed the way that I viewed it and the importance. And it's just, Oh, you guys are going to eat this up. Like, it was so good. So you're not going to hear really very much about Chris and I probably at all right now. We normally talk to you a little bit in the show notes. We tell you when the topic the actually starts. That just doesn't feel right right now because. Right. Like it feels wrong if we were to like shoot the shit about stuff like yeah. it. I don't know. I, I'm getting there's just this weird feeling that's like there's just this I I hate to use this word. I'm gonna use this word. There's like this divinity to the conversation that we just had. Like this I can't even explain it. It was just so damn good. Like like every single second of it. And at the end of this yeah. like Jillian says at the end, like I just, you guys are going to have to edit it so much out. And at the same time, both Chris and I are like, no, like there's not a thing we can take out of here. And like, yeah, for you to know. So I'm going to back up. When Chris and I had this idea to do a dress episode, we 
thought and we were getting questions and all of our questions were like, what do I do with like these feelings of remorse after I've purchased my dress? Like, how do I know that it was the right dress? What do I do about alterations? I'm scared to do alterations. How much do they cost? Like all of these questions that very practical, some, some mental healthy questions around it. Yeah. Yeah. And going into the episode, we were expecting probably what you're expecting a like straightforward answers and things that are going to help you cope while you're at your dress appointment. But you guys, that's not what you're getting. We ask all your questions and we believe like with every being in me right now, I believe that you need to share this episode with every single person you've ever met. Like, I feel like this is even even like if they've already gotten married it will change. I feel like it will change their life. I feel like it will even. Uh, yes, is that a stretch? Their, no, I don't think. I don't think so because I think that there's so many mindset shifts that happen, even for myself, that when looking at and reviewing any situation in your life, or even when you're looking back on your wedding, or Jillian makes the um, comparison to you graduate and you wear that cap and gown. Like looking back on all of those moments, you can stop judging yourself and stop putting unnecessary thoughts about you on the past you. And so I think it can change your life and it can change the way that you look at yourself in the future and you can embrace more joy and love yourself more and change your relationships because you're loving of yourself and you're accepting of yourself and Oh, the, yeah, so this much. episode has the potential to change the way that you view yourself in a way that will honestly change the trajectory of your life in terms of how you view yourself, how you love yourself, how you uh, even view yourself in the eyes of others. Like it, it, it's a complete mindset shift. Like, the, pro- the possibility is there. You as the listener just need to go into this episode knowing like you need to go into this episode almost ready to step into this thing, realizing that you're probably, you have these, uh, you potentially have these areas in your life that, and you've accepted thoughts about yourself that might not be completely accurate. And that, Jillian is going to encourage, inspire, and push you to reject those thoughts about yourself that are not true. Every single one of the things that we talk about and that she says are positive. Like, you are going to finish this episode feeling good. Like, we finish the conversation feeling full. We finish the conversation feeling confident. And I have the confidence that you're also going to listen to her words and feel the same way about yourself. And I want you to know leading into this, that there are a few things that we cover so that you can know what to expect. And in the show notes, we'll give you little minute marks for when you can go and skip ahead if you want to, or maybe you want to revisit the episode and like get another push of encouragement. And so you want to skip to that part. We'll put minute markers in the show notes for you. Yes. But I encourage you to listen to this entire thing. And we we talk about, I don't have my window open. I'm opening it. 
we talk about your bridesmaids dresses i'm just being real this is very raw introduction (laughs) um we talk about bridesmaids dresses we talk about mother of the bride we talk about your mother-in-law we talk about what to think and how to get your perspective right before the appointment while you're at your appointment after you purchase your dress what about alterations and then thoughts after the wedding when you're wrestling with maybe did I get the right dress? Am I regretting the dress that I chose after the wedding? And these are all questions from our listeners that submitted them. And you guys, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. We we can't stress the importance enough. Ashley just said it. I'm going to say it again. Listen to the whole episode, even if it takes you a week and five different days of breaking it up into 20 minutes each. Like, Listen to the whole ep- the whole episode, um, and then share it with people because it will help them. It totally wanna... will. Like I'm a, I'm about to hype up like all of my brides and just let them know, hey, this is coming down the pipe. You need to get ready for this because even if you already have your dress, because it will change your mindsets, and uh, that's powerful. Yeah, and one final note that Chris just reminded me of in sharing it with people. Also share this with the moms in your world that are involved in your planning because they also, 100%. they could really much share with your mom anyways, even if you're not planning a wedding, because just the way Jillian speaks with so much grace and also so much conviction and passion for the beauty of women and how moms can put themselves last or maybe like look at themselves through a jaded lens. They deserve to hear this. They deserve to hear these words about them. They, they deserve it. Oh, I know. I want to like text my mom and just, uh, it's just, it was so practical, applicable, all of the above, full of goodness, full of just great, great stuff. So, um, Ashley, what do you say? We like, let them get to the content. So we know this isn't typical for an intro, yeah, we know this isn't typical for an intro and uh, we'll have lots of stuff to shoot the shit about next week. Um, but for now, we want you guys to sit back, enjoy this episode and and share anything with us that stands out to you. If this has reframed any of your mindsets, man, shoot us a DM on Instagram at The Bridal Breakdown and, uh, and we would love to hear these things and we would love to share them with Jillian as well. So without yes. further ado, here is the interview with Jillian of Dress Gallery. Hey everybody, welcome to our first interview with a professional in the wedding industry. We are so excited to talk to Jillian from Dress Gallery today. Uh, She is the sales manager at the store. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Hi, Ashley and Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Will, Will you tell our listeners who you are, how you got into this industry, how long you've been doing it, kind of like all your little background information. Sure. So I've been a dress gallery for 10 years. Um, I have been in bridal for 14. It's, wow. it's really, I know. And people ask me, they're like, oh my gosh, like, what did you start when you were seven? Like, no, I started when I was in college. <laughs> I walked into a store in McPherson, Kansas, uh, where I needed a part-time college job. And they hired me on the spot just because I had a little bit of retail experience. 
I moved to Wichita to come to grad school at WSU and lo and behold, I needed another job. So I walk in a dress gallery with my resume and (laughs) I never left. (laughs) (laughs) I finished my master's, but every weekend I was still here, like just with dresses. And in 2014, I was like, I was talking to our owner, April, like, Hey, April, can I come back full time? I just, this is my passion. Like I tried other stuff and the reality is that my MO and the thing that makes me happiest in life is making women feel like a million bucks. I, I know it's, it's magical. It's special. And it's really amazing to me to be part of someone's love memories, especially during a really exciting time when they're planning their wedding. And I think that's the biggest thing that has kept me going is like every bride has such a unique love story. And they're also special and different to me, even when they're terrified of me. Um, I just love making them feel good. That's it. I I love it. It's fantastic. You know, that says a lot to me that, you know, there's so many things that you can do in this world. And the fact that you got your master's and you're like, you know what? I don't care that I have my, like what means so much to me is being here in the dress world, which a lot of people can look at wedding dresses as like, it's just a dress. It's just, you know, kind of like it's a more shallower part kind of, of yeah, maybe like this superficial thing, but you see way beyond that. And you yeah. know, like, oh my gosh, there's so much like, what would you say is the, if you had to like put to words, what is special about a bride finding her dress? Like, how would you describe that? Let me give you Jillian's Wikipedia of the definition of a wedding dress. A wedding dress is the most self-expressive garment that a woman will ever wear. It is the thing you'll be most photographed in. It is the thing that in photos gets passed down to generation after generation after generation. It is a thing in the box in the back of your closet that your children open and years later, and they're like, look at this pretty wedding dress. It's your, you know, like think about seeing your grandma's. It, it, right. it holds and harnesses a mood and an energy and a passing moment in time that you don't ever get to do again. It's one of the only tangible items that you get to take away. That's it. Holy quote. You just made that. <laughs> I know. I literally am like writing. You just made that so romantic. But I know. It's real. It's real. It's, it's real. And I know a lot of people are like, it's just a dress. I'm just going to go get married. But I find the women who do that and they just pull something off the rack at Target, they still keep that dress. Yeah. They still keep no it. What. Yeah. yeah. Man, Even I wonder what that would do for people who are shopping. Like if they had that definition in the front of their mind and like, this is how I'm going to express myself. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that would change mindsets immediately. Like yes. with how you kind of walk in yes. that thing. Like it's no longer about like, oh, I'm showing out. It's like, no. I'm expressing myself. You're not only expressing yourself, you're expressing what I, I see this little map in my head of life sometimes And life for me is, is these two separate roads. And maybe yours is a dirt country road and his is this big city road or she, you know, whomever you're marrying. Um, and they, when they merge that jointure, I just see these hands held and these roads submerged together. And then all of a sudden you see yourself in a garment standing with that person. Hmm. Uh, hello. Hmm. You're not going to just wear a t-shirt and jeans to this. It is a singular moment in time where that's a a definition of your life. You wear your graduation robe for a reason, you know, even if it's your kindergarten graduation and you wear your wedding dress for a reason, because it signifies something very important. Wow. 
I'm like literally like tearing up and I already did this. <laughs> that is incredible. So what where my mind goes here, because there's two ways I think people can look at a dress. Like it's just a dress or this absolutely like moving, inspiring way to look at a wedding dress. Now with that, do you think that people he- could hear that and th- start to put pressure on themselves of what if I don't pick the right one? And like, it's such a big thing. Like, how can you ease those anxieties that like it, maybe it doesn't have to be the one, or maybe you don't have that cry moment. Like it's different for everybody. I'm kind of going down a rabbit trail here, but (laughs) no, it, it makes total sense because I actually get both kinds of brides. I have had brides who have literally never put a dress on their bodies until they come into my store period. This is not their jam. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. I got pantsuits. If you want a pantsuit, like you, you wear whatever you want to wear. But in the process of this, I initially find that those women who are like, this is just a dress. This isn't that important to me can still find a modicum of excitement about it because they actually get to physically dress up. We don't get to do that very often. And so if you're really not a dress person and this is just addressed to you, cool. You can still get your hair and makeup done and feel like a rock star and wear whatever dress you want to wear. But when you put pressure on yourself that you have to find the perfect anything, uh, life's not going to be good. Hi, newsflash. Your spouse isn't perfect. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I often equate true. that. Yeah. yeah, I equate that a lot to um, when you find the dress, it's kind of like finding the person you want to marry. There are going to be richer people and better looking people and people with six pack abs and people with huge mansions and people who make tons of money every year. But you chose the person that you chose because you felt right. So that's yeah. the biggest thing for me, too, is that 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 energy that you feel about the person should kind of match how you feel about everything with wedding planning. You trust your gut, you follow your instincts. And when you're standing in a dress in the store and your mama's crying and you put a veil on and you hated the veil. So I took it right off, but you still felt emotional about it. Mm -hmm. Embrace it. Like, and you know, not every bride cries. I've had some brides who look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, okay, I'll take this one. And that's totally fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. Every person is different. Every dress is different. Every relationship with garments and how you feel about your body and clothing. Boy, we could go on and on about that. But the one thing that I can say is most important about not putting pressure on yourself in these situations is that you have to set yourself up for success. I do that Mm -hmm. up front because I make sure before you come in that you know what's going to happen. Grownups love to be told what to do. They do. Yeah. It's like, okay, step by step. Here's exactly how this is going to go. I'm going to greet you. You fill out information. I'm going to take you to a room by yourself. You get a robe. You tell me what you're looking for. I go fetch. We're different from other stores in that way. A lot of brides feel pressure picking at their own styles. You're like, I don't know anything cool. I do. So I think for me, it's like set yourself up for success by listening and preparing and also take a big, deep breath get your coffee in you, eat a good breakfast, like just get all the steps ready as if you were going to a job interview because you're interviewing for the biggest garment yeah. decision of your life. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're saying all this and, and the question that I have that kind of comes to mind and this isn't, you know, we have questions that have been submitted by listeners, but there's just so much that's being said right now that's really good. How does, how can we, we being vendors in the wedding industry, support and normalize like, the vast array of emotions 
that people feel. And, and because I feel like the one that's highlighted is the, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the one. And it's yeah. just like this big romanticized thing. And then you said you have other brides who like, they're like, yep, this is good. Like, how can we normalize that and just make it okay for people to be where they're at on that day? I stop comparing ourselves to others. You can't watch Say Yes to the Dress and watch everybody's mom drop to their knees and bawl or the bride just absolutely tears streaming down her face or screaming excited. You can't expect anything from yourself except for what you're already willing to give. Yeah, I I, I had that experience and I loved my and I, I've talked about this on my story. So I want to clarify, like when I speak of wedding dress remorse it's more from a place of like relatability. I loved my dress when I tried it on and I went through like probably 15, Katie was amazing. I went through like 15 to 20 dresses and kept going back to this one. And I was like, I think that's the one, like I can't stop thinking about it. Like I didn't have a yes moment, which I was wondering if I was going to, cause everybody says you do. And I never really had that moment. I'm not really that person. But I knew that I kept thinking about that one, like that one I keep staring at that's hanging up. And I'm like, can we put that one back on after like 20? Lord help her for she was so patient with me and I loved it. And I was like, you know what? This is it. Like I keep going back to it. I'm going to trust myself. And then afterwards, the same designer, Chic Nostalgia, posted a different dress and it was almost like mine, but just slightly different. And I was like, oh my gosh, I I wish that I had tried that one on. And then I just had to sit with myself and say, trust the feelings that you had that day. Like there's always going to be a shinier dress. There's all like time's going to pass. Dresses are going to get better and better and better. Like you just have to trust the way that you felt that day. 100%. Oh, you're talking to someone who wore a pickup ball gown in 2012, boo. Like, <laughs> you know, my options back then for being the vintage bohemian loving person that I am today are not the same. And I see thousands of dresses a year. Mm. And the reality is, is that, you know, you're going to live in a lot of stress if you're like continuing to search for wedding dresses after you've committed to one. You don't do that to your partner. You better get off tender, Ooh, girlfriend. That's good. Ooh. Yeah. If you committed oh to something and you put money down on it then you need to stop looking. And if yeah. you don't stop looking, you will end up having some kind of dress regret that comes from a place of FOMO. It's really yeah. just FOMO. It's fear of missing out on the next biggest yep. thing or the next big trend, or maybe I should have. But if you live your entire life that way, then you're not going to be happy. I tell a lot of my brides who have dress regret, this number one thing, come back in and remember why you chose it. Nine times out of 10, they'll come back in, they'll put it back on. They'll be like, oh, I forgot how this made me feel. This is really pretty. They forget it. And if they still have dress regret, I ask them why. I'm like, can you pinpoint specific things to tell me about what you would do differently with this garment that you have on your body? Most of the time, she'll show me a picture from Instagram. She's like, well, I saw this. Sweetie, yeah, of course you saw that. Your wedding planning, the designers are going to push dresses to you. They don't know you already found one, but the reality is, is that that dress isn't even in stores yet, or that dress is a $20,000 Berta gown. Like don't do that to yourself. I think that's a huge thing with a lot of wedding planning though. I also, 
uh, got Pinterest about a month before my wedding. Oh no, you were already done planning. Oh yeah, I was done. (laughs) And instead of being like, oh man, I should redo everything. I was like, cool. I'm going to search for things that are similar to what I'm already doing so that I can feel good about what I'm doing because I couldn't change things in a month, but it was exciting for me to be like, oh, look, that looks just like what I want to do. So maybe instead of like looking for new dresses, find your dress on a million different brides. If you can go to that designer's Instagram and search and find, you know, and save it and enjoy looking at it in real edited wedding photos. Cause you know that the cell phone pics you took in the store are not going to do it justice either. Right. That's so true. Yes. Embrace the thing that you chose because you felt in the moment that it was good. Yeah. It's going to make life a lot easier if you do that. Yeah. I ended up having to, when I started having these feelings of like, was that the, did I make the right decision? I like had to unfollow all the dress stores until I got married. And then I refollowed them again because I just couldn't do that to myself. No. And that's a smart idea too. If you're really too tempted, then don't. But the reality is that you look smoking in your dress. Thank and you. it was amazing on you. Yeah, it really it truly truth. was. And so yeah. trusting that part of you. Unfollowing all those ca- accounts, it's almost like you're defining this relationship with the dress. You're like, I'm off the market. I am not looking anymore. I'm like, I'm here and I'm with this. I'm committed to this dress. Yes. Like getting off Tinder for searching for, sure. for a partner. Yes. Yeah. I wrote that down. I'm like, this is so good, Jillian. <laughs> well, let's dive in to these questions that we've gotten from people and we have them in different little segments. So that way you can look for the portion of the episode that you want to hear about. Although all of this is already, you can tell, going to be so good. So our first set of questions all have to do with other people. We've got bridesmaids dress questions, mother of the bride questions. So to kick it off, one of our questions is, should I buy my bridesmaids dresses in store or online? What's your take on this? I mean, it's really a mixed bag. So there's going to be benefits and disadvantages to both. Um, I, you know, I work for a small business peeps, so I'd rather you not buy online, but I know that in some circumstances you absolutely have to, like your bridesmaids are scattered. They're all over the world. You know, there's might be a cost associated with it. Although I will say majority of bridesmaid dresses that are of a good quality that I see online are the exact same price as the ones that we have in store. So here's the difference. So say you go to a website, your girls all find a style that they want. You pick the color, you buy it. They go straight to the girls or straight to you. If you put the shipping onto your place and you open the box and one of them has a huge snag. Well, if that happened with me at dress gallery, I would fix the snag or replace the dress and you would never know what happened. So the middleman is gone. The problem solver is gone. What if all the dresses show up except for one or one shows up and it's like six inches shorter than all the other ones. (laughs) Like those kinds of problems with me, with my relationship with my designers and their warehouses, I actually can solve problems before the bride even knows that they occur. And And that should, exactly. It eliminates so much stress. And then you don't have to worry about if your bridesmaids are going to solve the problem or not. There's another situation that popped up with me a few years ago, actually a girl who worked for me, she was a bridesmaid in a wedding and she decided the bride was going to have them buy their dresses on Amazon. So she sent them all the same Amazon link. She's like, here's the color code you need to choose. Just type in your sizes and purchase this dress. So they did that. And then my friend shows up to the wedding and she's the only one in fire engine red and everybody else is in burgundy. From the same link. Yeah. Oh no. 
so like cringe what do you do she's like I she's like I did what I was supposed to do yeah and that's the other thing too is it's like there's no double check you know there's no way for you to be like okay I'm gonna double check this order because I am going to get really technical with you. I check my color codes. I check my confirmation numbers. I check my style numbers. I check my ship dates. I check my confirmations again from the designer when they ship. I check the UPS codes. When they come in, I double check that all in my point of sale system. I check every single person's box so that they get a text message when their dress gets sent in. Your girls just get a box in the mail and they don't even know if they got the right thing, quite frankly. Because they can't check them with the other girls. No. They can't. And then if you're getting it as the bride, you have that extra layer of something happened. How do I fix this? What do I do? And then this like instant sense of anxiety comes over them because something is wrong with one of the eight dresses they got. Or whose dress is whose? You know, if you have 12 different sizes, you got to figure out whose size is what and then ship it out to them too. Yeah. It, it also sounds just like the huge difference between shopping local and shopping from a big box, you know, store. There's that, True. you're missing that element of, of care and just passion that, and not to say that everyone who works at a big box store isn't passionate, but people who normally work in local shops, boutiques, you know, dress stores, like there is a level of passion that I feel like is more common in those environments and a level of care than maybe in these other environments. Well, I appreciate that. And I think that it's true in most circumstances. It certainly is with me. And within that same vein, you also have to ask yourself, um, is it worth it monetarily to lose that sense of security? I've got a group right now where the wedding's in July. And I know uh, that doesn't, it's like, oh, July, that's fine. No, ship dates are in June. And so yesterday I spent part of my day calling and texting every single bridesmaid to follow up with them. Hey, I don't have your measurements. Hey, I don't have your payment. Hey, I need you to do this. I'm not the bride. I did it anyway so that she didn't have to. And she called me yesterday And she's like, I just want to say thank you so much because I'm really stressed out about them. And I've been contacting them and they haven't done it. And I'm like, oh, I got you. I got you. That doesn't come from a Zazzy. They're not going to do that for you. But the other thing for me too, is it's like, if you do have a bridesmaid who's not on it, I can normally find out why and fix the problem. Like, I'm a very discreet person. So I have a group right now where three of the girls are pregnant and two of them have not told the bride that she, that they are pregnant. Well, sweeties, you probably should tell her, but they've told me like, can you please help me with sizing? Because I don't know what to do. And I want the bride to know that I'm in and I want to be there for her. But I also am not ready to tell anybody that I'm pregnant right now because it's too early. I'm like, yeah, of course I can help you do that. And they're like, well, what if I need to switch sizes midway? And I'm like, here's your deadline to switch sizes. So it's also those little customer service things that I'm like, I can help you through this if you communicate with me. And, you know, if there's one girl who's lagging, guess what? I'm going to stalk her on Facebook and Instagram and send her messages and text her (laughs) and call her. And I'm just going to be like, hi, on behalf of so-and-so, here I am hounding you to get your crap done because it's important that you get your crap done because she's stressed out. Yeah. So with that, that was honestly our next question, which I'm so glad you already went into it. So one of our listeners said that she's letting their bridesmaids pick their dresses and one of them hasn't bought her dress yet. And the wedding is in 118 days. It's like four-ish months. Yeah. Is that, should she be freaking out at this point? Um, (laughs) (laughs) she should be, she shouldn't be freaking out. She should be concerned that this person hasn't shown dedication to this event. 
Yeah. Most likely she'll show up in a dress. Most likely she'll be there, but will she be in 100% both feet, you know, diving in to help you with whatever you need, especially if she hasn't been prepared enough to even purchase her gown. And sometimes there are extenuating circumstances. I'm also a very compassionate person. So sometimes when I'm talking to a bridesmaid, she'll be like, I just don't have the money right now. And I'm like, okay, cool. And if I'm the bride in that situation, I would say, Hey girl, what do you need for me to help you get this dress ordered? Because it might be a money thing. And if it is, that's very personal. This is a tough time on a lot of people. Maybe she's waiting for her tax return or her quarterly bonus, or just for her tips to increase so that she can purchase this dress and she's working her butt off for it. And she's embarrassed that you're asking. Maybe that's step one. So sometimes it's like, Hey, I'm going to pay for this dress for you. Please don't tell the other bridesmaids. Step two, if you work through a store like us, um, I would be on her as a third party who's a stranger who has no emotional connection to her. So it's not awkward for me. She shouldn't be freaking out. I mean, I have a designer who can ship bridesmaid dresses in four weeks. It's not cheap, but they Mm -hmm. can do it. It can happen. It can happen. Um, don't do that to yourself because standard shipping is eight weeks for this designer that I'm talking about, but I have one designer right now shipping June 23rd. That's quite a ways. That is quite a ways. It's quite a ways. And I, I'm to the point with certain bridesmaids who are the only ones who haven't ordered their dresses where I have a frank conversation with them when I get them on the phone to say, so can you tell me what's holding you back? And then I just let them rant. And sometimes some things are revealed that means that they don't really want to be in the wedding or they're having some fears or they're having some financial problems or they're pregnant. And I'm like, hi, I'm here for you. And you just had this conversation with me as a practice run to have this conversation Mm. with the bride. And then I say, would you like me to help you have that conversation? And they're usually like, no, I think I can do it now because they got it off their chest. Yeah. It's not necessarily a freak out moment, but it's also one of those things where as the bride, you need to take a step back and be like, okay, this isn't about me. This is about them at this point and figure out what it is that you can help them through. Yeah. And if you're a bride who, who maybe doesn't have access to, to an amazing, you know, sales manager like Jillian, you can take the ball into your own hands and you can go and you can ask those pointed questions like, Hey, I just wanted to touch base. I know you know, you haven't gone to get your dress, you know, measured for your dress yet fitted. And, uh, is everything okay? Are, are yeah. you doing all right? Like how like, are you? Question. You can do this check-in. And then if you really feel like there's something there beneath the surface, don't, don't hesitate to ask pointed questions. Um, even like if you suspect, like I'd never even considered until you said it, Jillian, that there could be people who haven't done it yet because they don't want to be in the wedding party. Maybe the friendship's changed. Maybe things are different. So brides, you can take the ball into your own hands and you can do that if you don't have someone going to bat for you. Yeah. I think it's so important to also realize that, think about it this way. Why did you ask them to be your bridesmaid? Was it because they were your best friend for a really long time and now they're just your bridesmaid? has that relationship changed to the point where they're no longer your best friend and they're having some sadness about that? I feel like when people get married, a lot of relationships change, but these people are your friends before they're your bridesmaids. And if you want them to remain your friends after you have them as your bridesmaids, you better put that work in relationship wise or they're not going to be there for you. That I can tell you now, friends to bridesmaids, back to friends is not easy. 
especially if the bride doesn't consider that she's, she's high. I hate to say this out loud. Are you ready? You're not mm. the only person on the planet, even though you're a bride. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> life, life is still going on for everybody. And I think that's a hard thing because they are experiencing such an overwhelming time in their life, but it is like a good perspective. Like everybody is still like, they're not planning their wedding. You're getting married. They love you. They support you but life is still going on for a lot of people. I mean, for everybody. Yes. 100%. So I'm like, yes, this is a really good kickoff. Okay. So this next question is about bridesmaids. One more time, mixed coloring bridesmaids dresses, putting bridesmaids dresses that are different colors together in a combination. It's very on trend right now. How I know a lot of people have this hesitation. I've experienced it with brides firsthand how do they pick the best combination? Like there's so much decision behind that. Like what if these colors don't look good together? What would you recommend to them? Um, you have to do it in person. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because then you, uh, you can swatch it. You can swatch it. Well, I, I actually, when I have a bride who wants to do that, I pull a big dress rack out. I add dresses and take away dresses in different colors just so we can see the full picture. Because the reality is you cannot do it on a screen. Your phone screen, your computer screen, your iPad screen, those screens do not show the same colors, period. They don't. Right. Yes. And you don't know if the the designers of those dresses use a different photo, you know, like a photography filter, or they just like dropped the color and they they photoshopped it in. You don't know. Mm -hmm. So in order to actually do a successful color palette that's a mix match, whether it's neutrals or shades of blue or shades of pink or shades of green. The easiest way to make sure that it's successful is to come to a store. Hi, you can come to mine. I love doing this. Um, And I put the color palette together for you. And then, and usually I do that actually just one-on-one with the bride. It's really kind of fun. It's really like, Ooh, this looks good. Take a picture. Ooh, I don't like that one. Take it out. So you mix and match. And then as a team, she and I, we assign colors to every single bridesmaid. So Ashley, you get misty pink and here are the dresses you can choose from. And we know every single dress from that comes in misty pink and that's all you can choose from. And most of the time the girls are like, okay, whatever, that makes their lives easier. But if you're trying to do it, exactly. If you're trying to do it online, you really don't know what you're going to get. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, my story with the, the bright red and the burgundy, like just because it's called burgundy doesn't mean it's going to be the tone you want. That's good. Yeah. And if you do it in person, then you have the pictures on your phone. You can show your florist. I will get you actual fabric color swatches to take with you. So there's no questions about this. That's the way to do it. You have to do it in person. I agree. I think that eliminates a lot of decision fatigue for couples. So the next question has to do with moms and mother-in-laws and all the things. That's what these next two questions are. This one is my mom is waiting until the last minute to get her dress. Is that okay? No. <laughs> okay, why? Why is that? Why is that not okay? Let me give a shout out to all the moms out there. Hi, I'm a mom. I have a five year old, and I already know what I'm wearing to her wedding. There's this strapless navy blue and white striped Oscar de la Renta gown from like 2016. And as soon as I see it on Poshmark, I'm going to buy it and save it for the next 30 years. It's fine. <laughs> That's me. I love Mothers of the Bride because they're always so self giving. 
Like, what do you need? How can I help? My baby's getting married. But within that comes this modicum of, I haven't dressed up in 10 years. I haven't been to a formal event in 15. I remember my, my friend so-and-so was at her son's wedding and she told me she hated her dress. I want to cover my arms and my legs and my neck. And I'm, she's getting married in July and I'm going to sweat. There's all of these different fears and factors within finding a mother of the bride dress. But the biggest thing I can tell you is that if you try on a million dresses the week of the wedding, you're going to hate yourself. You have to try on a million dresses for the entire engagement. And maybe you'll end up with three and you choose one of those three the week of the wedding. But the reality is, is that moms put themselves last every time. Mm. Your child is most important. And if your child is marrying someone else's child, then that child becomes your child. And so that bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom, they become your sole focus. And then you're two weeks before the wedding and you're like, oh, (laughs) like I'm in trouble. I have nothing to wear. So my rule of thumb with moms, if I could give them one word of advice, as soon as they get engaged, get on Pinterest or get on Nordstrom or somebody's website and have 10 dresses saved to your phone roll. And the next time you see them, your person getting married in person, show them those dresses and see what they think. That's going to give you guidance, but then you have to start trying stuff on. And I will tell you, moms, you do not have fat arms. You don't, your arms look great. Your arms carry that baby for years. They are strong. You are powerful. Yes. Come on. Give yourself some grace. It kills me to see moms just talking so negatively about themselves. The person that you loved the most in your life, which is a child that's getting married is going to celebrate you, whether or not you look good or you feel like you have bad arms, but if you own it and you rock it and they're like, mama, you look gorgeous. Those pictures, that radiance, that happiness and joy that you feel for that baby. Ugh. You guys, moms don't give themselves enough credit. They're going to look great no matter what they wear, but they don't need the extra stress. They don't. Yeah. All of everything that you're saying resonates with how it was with my mom. Um, So my family's from Houston. They came up from Houston. Uh, My mom was so busy just thinking of other things. No joke. They came up two days before the wedding and uh, she was going shopping two days before to try to find something and it was everything. It was, it was everything that you're saying. I, I didn't realize how you know, she was struggling and wrestling and putting this off because she dreaded seeing herself and stuff. My mom oh. doesn't buy clothes. You know, yeah. she she doesn't. She hates it. And mostly it's because of the way that she feels about herself. You I know, think their bodies go ahead. Sorry. She well, she you know, she just wrestles with that. And so everything that you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, like yes. Yeah. And so I think if there's anything that I'm hoping our listeners are taking away, it's like your mom's probably wrestling with this too. And like you said, Jillian, you know, to make that decision a week out, like making a very important decision like that is already stressful. Add in the extra emotions of a time crunch and it's just like a recipe for disaster. Disaster. want to wait to get a dress because they hope that they're going to lose weight. Moms, I think, suffer a lot with um, body image issues because they don't look the way that they looked 20 years ago and they're still not used to that. And I think that's a very natural thing that women go through, women in general. And so I think that's part of what also has them putting it off is like, yes, I'm putting myself last because I'm going to put my children first, but I also don't love the way I look right now. <laughs> yeah. And I guess my recommendation for that is, um, I mean, at 30, I embraced all my gray hair and 
I, you know, look at my mom and my grandma and my grandma's 86 and she's like, I just see myself in you and that young person. And I wear her clothes, you guys, and it feels so special. But I think the reality is, is that my grandma sees joy in seeing herself reflected in me. And so when she does dress up, she feels amazing because she can see that I look like her. Mm. And I know it's so sweet, but I, I'm a mom and they're sure everybody's got a body part they don't like, you know, someone, someone out there doesn't like something, but the reality Mm -hmm. is, is that I do have pieces of me that I like. And I think it's also a generational thing where women who have children who are getting married right now think that it's okay to hate themselves. And the reality is, is that body that you live in has gotten you to where you are. It gave you children and life and maybe grandchildren and happiness. And you know what? I just hope that every person out there can find something about themselves that they love, even if it's just their eye color and say, I have the most beautiful freaking eyes in the world. Mm -hmm. And if a mom has a mantra like that, even as young people, Ashley, you and I need to look in the mirror and Chris every day and say, I love myself. And maybe this generational curse of feeling like crap about ourselves when we hit 50 or 60 will be broken because I'm going to rock my gray hair and my strapless Oscar de la Renta gown. You guys just watch me. Just watch. (laughs) But moms are tough. I love that. I hope moms are listening to this. And if your mom is not listening, maybe you should send her this episode because this is all making me give all the feel goods. And I feel like my mother would have loved to hear this before she was trying on her mother of the bride dress. So with that's my mom, but what about mother-in-laws, mother-in-laws and brides have a different dynamic because it's kind of not always easy to tell and be honest with your mother-in-law who you're not as close with. I can tell my mom, mom, that doesn't look good. Like you need like flat out. And she doesn't take offense to it. I'm not afraid she's going to, we know each other. What about mother-in-laws? How do you deal with getting a mother-in-law in a dress that fits the style of your wedding without stepping on her toes or having those conversations with her? The number one quote that I have heard from mother-in-laws is I'm just the mother of the groom. Sweetie. And then I, I always hear after this, I have three boys. I'm just the mother of the groom. Um, excuse me. You are the mother of the groom. He is part of this. He is still that baby boy that you raised. There is no reason to put just in front of anything describing yourself. You are the mother of the groom. You need to look and feel fantastic as you watch your son embrace another woman. Or when he embraces that other woman, he's not going to treat her with the care that she deserves. He thinks you're a queen if you didn't know. All little boys think their mama is the most gorgeous woman on this planet. Chris can probably attest to that. He's nodding right now. Absolutely. Yes. And our moms are important. So mother-in-laws want to be included. They really, truly do. And as soon as this wedding planning starts, I think that there is this amount of anxiety. I mean, we're talking about a woman who watched her little boy grow up and now he's going to marry someone and it's not her. And I know that sounds weird, but you know, you've held that little boy's hand for so many years. It's like, oh my gosh, he's going to go. No, he's not. He's not going to go. You're gaining more. You're gaining more livelihood and events and excitement and maybe gaining grandbabies. And the reality is, is that the mother-in-law wants to feel like she's still part of this relationship because she was in a relationship with that boy before you were. Hi. (laughs) That's a truth. Absolutely. 
so um send her the color palette invite her to your pinterest board um say what do you feel best in when you dress up i never dress up oh my gosh then let's go out together and dress up together or yeah. tell me about your wedding dress. Tell me about your prom dresses. Tell me the most beautiful garment that you think you own. And if they're not a dress person, that's fine. Let them wear a pantsuit. Make them rock it however they feel comfortable. I would definitely say that the best thing you can do for a future mother-in-law is to just make sure that she feels like she's a piece of the puzzle. Because she is. She is. And newsflash, if you treat her like crap during wedding planning, you've got a long marriage ahead of you. And every Oof. Christmas is not going to be fun, you guys. So involve her. And I also think that this is really important for everyone to realize too. She's a woman and she can be your friend. She doesn't have to be defined as your Mm mother-in-law. You can define her for me. It's like, I'm going to define you as Carrie. That's my mother-in-law's name. And Carrie loves plants and gardening and antiques and her grandchildren. Perfect. I love all of those things too. She's my friend. Mm -hmm. Do your best. Like Shift your perspective around your mother-in-law. Shift it. I love that. Include her, be inclusive. It's not just like, yeah, she's also getting married and you're, if you're getting married to a guy, he is probably not into wedding planning, but like you said, she's a woman, she's probably into it. So you can include her in as many things as you possibly can. And I did try to do that with my mother-in-law as well. Even the dress thing. I was like, mom, we're going dress shopping. Let's invite Lisa. Let's see if she wants to come with us because it's special to her and it's a bonding opportunity. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're moving into our next segment of this super great interview already. Before the appointment, we're going to talk about before the appointment. And I know this is really important for you when they're going to try on their wedding dress. How would you tell brides to handle having a big group of friends or family at their appointment? How do you feel about all of those opinions at the appointment, would you recommend it? What's your advice surrounding bringing people to your wedding dress appointment? Oh, this is so tricky for me. Okay. So full disclosure, I've had brides on their own and I've had groups of 15 people. I will tell you that my favorite is a group of three to four with the bride and they are her hype girls or hype boys. Like I've had brothers and dads And, um, you know, best friends that are men that come in and they have valid and wonderful opinions. And those appointments with fewer people end up being the most exciting and dynamic for me because I can tell that the bride curated the collection of people she wants to bring. Um, And I've also had people that you used curated. I love. Oh, it's it's the truth. It's like, I need, um, my best friend from high school because she knows me the best. I need my mom so that she cries. I need my, my best guy friend because he's brutally honest with me and tells me when things actually look good. And then I need this girl who I just met at work, who I know is one of the people that's going to gas me up. She loves me. She's going to tell me I'm pretty. I need it. So, you know, curate your people, make your Venn diagram of who's going to be kind to you. And if they're not going to be kind to you, don't freaking bring them. I don't give a crap if you feel like your sister-in-law has to come because you went to her appointment. If she's mean to you every day, then don't bring her. If you haven't talked to her in six months, then don't bring her. If you feel like you have to scroll down into your text messages to invite someone to come with you and they're way down at the bottom and you haven't texted them in a long time, uh uh-uh. No, they should be the people who are always in your inbox and always in your ear and always excited to see and hear from you. Um, 
you can bring yourself and that's it if you want to do that. I feel like most of the time if brides do that, they it one of two things happens if you're by yourself. One, you're like, okay, now I need some more pennies because I really didn't think I would find anything. Or two, you're like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to buy this one. And that's cool. You just rock it and that's it. But my groups of 15 people or even seven or eight, even if you have seven or eight bridesmaids, it's really not worth it to bring all of them because you, then you have to bring the extra people too. All of them have different aesthetics. Personally, I'm like a vintage cottage core fairy. That's not my sister's aesthetic. My sister's dress was plain as the day is long, you guys. And she rocked it. And I understood her aesthetic. And I also understood what she was going for and what she liked. If they don't like something, then don't bring them. If, if yeah. you're totally a rustic girl and your modern friend who hates cowboy boots and burlap wants to come, tell her no. You know, protect yourself, protect your heart. But the reality for me is that you're going to be able to make decisions better if you have people who are on your side and you should not involve anybody who isn't. Yeah, I love that. I think that people feel obligated to bring like all of their bridesmaids and they can't, you know, if they just bring like two or three of them, then they're leaving the rest out. So how would you have them be involved in a different way to maybe like let them, like I'm only taking a few people and then you can involve the other bridesmaids separately. I had it really easy for this. My bridesmaids did not live in the state. (laughs) So uh, I had it really easy. Have all your bridesmaids be out of state. Pro tip, get them away from you. (laughs) Exactly. No. So um, I think there are actually some easy rules that you can implement. One, our store right now, because of COVID guidelines, we only allow four people plus the bride. You, if, if you're going to a store and they don't have that rule, such a blessing, I know, right. You can make up that rule. You can be like, well, because of COVID there, I mean, I know that's really crappy, but the reality is, is that if you need to do that, do that. So you can tell them that there are restrictions with how many people the store can allow in. And we're off, we operate a little differently. We have private bridal suites, but there are other stores that have like big open floor plans and they literally do only allow two people to come. So if that's the case and you're store hopping, switch the two people out. So if you have four appointments in a week, yeah, have two people come with you to this one and two to that one and two to that one and two to that one. That's fine. Do that. If you know, like for me, all my bridesmaids were out of state. They were coming in for my bachelorette party and to do bridesmaids shopping in the same weekend because I'm very conscientious of their time. And they saw my dress on me for my first fitting when it came into the store. And then they tried their, their, with bridesmaids dresses on and it was perfect. Like They got to see the dress. Nobody felt left out. We ordered the bridesmaid dresses. It was great. Other people will be like, okay, I want to show my mom this dress. I know I brought my bridesmaids today. I'm like, cool, let's get her in same day. Because you're going to lose that emotional high if you don't. You're going to second guess yourself. Mm -hmm. So attempt to make it same day appointment if you can, if you're like, I just need to bring my mom in. But another pro tip, don't go without your mom. If you and your mom are close, she's probably the one person who would take it to heart that she wasn't there for you. So, yeah. Yeah. And potentially the one who's going to be the most honest with you and be like this, every, all of your girls are like, Ooh, they're trying to sway you to a different dress. And your mom is like, honey, I can, t- I can see it in your face. This isn't the I know. dress that you want. They know you better and they might float the bill if they love you. So. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with Lara and Lara's been all of that. You know, Lara had her own kind of idea and vision for dress and, and, uh, her mom, was the one that was like, I think you should try this one on. And, you know, she tried it on and she's like, mom, there's no way I can't afford that. She's like, I think you should just try it on. And, you know, she tried it on and immediately it was like, yeah, this is it. And her mom's like, I got it. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they oh, have that brings me to a, they yes. No, sometimes. Yes. And that brings me to another point. Um, my grandma paid for my dress and I was really vehemently against it. I'm like, no, grandma, I've been saving for this. You don't need to. And this tiny little 86 year old woman looked me dead in the eye and she goes, someday I'm not going to be here to do it. Ugh. Oh, gut punch, <laughs> grandma. Good Lord, Betty. Like, okay. (laughs) So here I am like, I'm going to cry. And she's like, accept gifts that are given to you at the moment that they're presented to you, because there are not very many moments in life where people are like, hi, I'd like to pay for this. I was like, oh, I had, I'm just going to do it. Someone who was special in my life when I was a teenager that, um, I, don't talk to very often, but I mean, they hold a special place in my art. He was uh, kind of a man that was in my life that just kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me how to barbecue and all the, and I have a dad, but you know, but he, he was just really present. He hit me up for my wedding and said, Hey, I want to, I want to buy your tux or, you know, I want to pay for your tux. And that just meant so much to me. And it truly does when people are doing something like that, it's not because it's like sympathy. It's because it genuinely brings them joy and like to do something like that. So I totally agree. You know, you need to accept that or they're going to pull the emotional punches like, you know, Betty did. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, and now I use it. So I'll have a mom up at the front counter getting ready to pay. And the bride's like, no, mom, I got it. I got it. And I'm like, stop it. Someday she won't be here to do it. And then they they let me do it. I'm like, so, hey, thanks, grandma, for that quote. Because I don't, she's, (laughs) you guys, she's a gem. I love my grandma. (laughs) Grandmas are the best. They are. So, Okay. Okay. So we're prepped. We're prepped for, is there actually, before we move on, is there anything else that you want and think there's like really important something that people need to know before heading into their appointment? hundred percent, hundred percent. I actually did an Instagram story on this on DG's Instagram the other day. Uh, you need to have a wedding date because you're not going to want to wear long sleeves in July, boo-boo. You're just not going to want to do it. Have a mm-hmm. wedding date, have a venue, have a budget, have some idea. And the some idea doesn't necessarily mean it's like, this is exactly what I want. Sometimes it's like, I hate X, Y, Z. Cool. I won't put that on you. Be like, I do not want a ball gown. Wonderful. No ball gowns for you. But if you come in and you tell me, I don't have any idea. I'm like, I have 1500 dresses. Do you want to try all of them on? Or you want to give me some guidance? Because I don't have time for that. Neither do you. (laughs) Like, So do your research. Know how much you want to spend. Know where you're getting married. The beach is different from a black barn in Oklahoma, you guys. It is totally different. Fit your own vibe and make sure that you're ready to roll. Because I would tell you, 85% of my brides find their dress within the first 45 minutes with me. So would you say that it's it's just as important to know what you don't want, uh, maybe even than what you do? Sometimes because I will have a lot of people tell me like technical things. Like I know I don't want strapless just because they have an assumption about strapless. They assume it's going to fall down. Um, No, it's not going to fall down. This is the best structured garment you've ever worn in your life. And strapless bridal gowns have much more structure than one's straps actually. So, and you know, if they end up hating all straps, I'm like, I'm going to try strapless on you. And I don't even give them a choice, you know? So sometimes it's helpful. Like, I know I don't want satin. I'm doing something really simple. I don't want any beading, whatever. That's fine. But if it's a technical thing, I'm like, I'm going to try it on you because I think it's going to work. Yeah. Because we you have that. that insight as, you know, yeah. a dress professional. Right. And they don't. And sometimes they're like, I don't know because I don't know what's going to look good on me. That's different from saying, I don't have any idea about style and I've never looked at a wedding dress in my life, even on the internet. Right. And that's acceptable. If they're like, I really don't know what shape. Cool. 
that's why we try stuff on. But if they're like, I don't know what aesthetic, what budget, what place, what season, girlfriend, you're not ready for this. Not ready. Yeah. Yeah. So on that same vein, if there was, there's a bride who asked a question, she said that she thought she knew what she wanted walking into her dress, her appointment, but she ended up trying more than two dozen dresses on and then found herself being really indecisive. What would you recommend to them at this point? They're trying on all the dresses. Yeah. That's a consultant that has not done their job. Um, when I have that happen, I do what I call a palette cleanser. So let's say she told me coming in, I want mermaid. I want straps. I want a low back. I want lace. I want sparkle. Perfect. I try on every variety of that. And she's like, Oh, I actually don't, I'm not, I don't know why I don't like this. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do a palate cleanser on you. And she's like, what's a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser is the exact opposite of what you asked me for period. So I put on something that is a huge ball gown or it's an A-line and it has the elements and aesthetic and details that we were talking about that she liked, but maybe flipping her on her head and putting her in something that she didn't expect is exactly what you need to do. You're talking to someone, by the way, who wanted a very simple strapless lacy sheath. And I ended up in the most massive ball gown you've ever seen in your life because it brought me joy. Boom. That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. My mom's like, try it on. I'm like, I'm not going to try it on mom. She's like, do it. And I'm like, no. And then all of a sudden my consultant ends up with it in the room. By the way, I still work at dress gallery. So mad shout out, shout out to Tanya, who was my consultant at that time. She throws that dress over my head. I'm like, Tanya, do not put this crap on me. And she clamps it on me. And I look in the mirror and I was like, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, that's not what I was expecting. That's not what I wanted. But you yeah. know what? We don't know what we want until we see it in, in front of us. And so I yeah. think for someone who's tried on that many dresses, the first thing I would do is act like you haven't tried on any ever and find a really experienced consultant and make sure that they're answering all of your questions and ask to work with management. If you need to be like, I need to find a dress. I need someone who's going to walk me through this process. And when they do that, the reality is, is that you should end up in something, even if you didn't expect it, that does make you happy. That's it. And maybe that means you end up in something you didn't think you would like, and that's okay. Or maybe that means you're in a ball gown on the beach and it doesn't make sense, but it's making you happy. I've done it. I've done many a ball gown on the beach. I'm like, I would love to see you carrying this through the airport. I will not get that pleasure, but you do you. (laughs) Well, okay. So what about if a dress, a dress, excuse me, a bride's obsessed with a wedding style. I'm going to use the example of like, I was this way. I was very obsessed and still am with very simple dresses that are like that satin modern dress style. But then I tried it on and it wasn't, it didn't work. I, I hated it and I'm still obsessed with them, but how would you guide them during the appointment of letting go of that vision? Or what would you say to them to let go of that vision of what they like 100% were like, I am so wearing a simple ball gown and end up in something beaded in sheath. I actually have a phrase for that. <laughs> I, I feel like I've got these little catchphrases and stuff. It's fine. I call it a psychological shift. So okay. when that happens, so I actually have brides actually, oh my gosh, I had this wonderful bride a few weeks ago and she's like, this is my dream dress. I was like, cool. I have it. She's like, I can't put it on. I was like, what the heck? Why can't you put that on? That's your dream dress. She's like, I know I'm terrified. It's not going to look good. I'm like, no, no, it, it let's, you have to try. She's like, well, can I please do like two or three dresses first? And then I'll put that one on. I'm like, yeah, of course. So she puts it on 
she bursts into tears. She buys it. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes, and this is my number one thing that most brides think that they want, but they actually end up not getting is long sleeves. I know it's a trend right now and that's fine. But let me tell you a little story about how there's no stretch in these sleeves and they're itchy. And if you're getting married in the summer and if your fiance is tall, you're going to be super uncomfortable because you cannot raise your arms above your head. That's my little rant about sleeves. Anyway, so they're like, I they also looked like pajamas when I tried them. Thank on. you. I, Thank I you. felt like I was in pajamas. <laughs> you guys, if a bride commits to sleeves, I'm like, wow, you're strong. So she, yeah. you, she comes in, she's like, I want to try on this dress with sleeves. Perfect. I put the dress with sleeves on her and she's like, oh no, I don't like this. These sleeves are really itchy and they make me look older. And I'm like, you are correct. So then I say to her, this was the image in your head of what you thought you would look like on your wedding day, you are going to have to turn it off. Just reach into your mind's eye and just click the little off switch on the light switch in your brain and say, all right, let's turn it off. You're going to have to revamp and have a psychological twist on what you might look like on your wedding day if that element doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that it can't be in there some way, you know, like maybe she ends up in a t-shirt sleeve or like a little cute cap sleeve. That's fine. But you can't get stuck on something that physically doesn't work for you. Or like some of the plain dresses, you can straight up see somebody's belly button through that. You don't want that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just little elements like, oh my gosh, I really thought I would love this. And I don't, Hey, that's okay. That gives you more room to love something else, but let's, Mm. let's discard it, throw it away. Let's find something you feel fabulous. in, And that's where I come into play because I can grab elements of other dresses that I know you're going to like. It just won't have that one thing that we discovered we do not need for you. And you know, what's really good is I feel like this actually transitions extremely well into our next question. Um, If I'm not in a good mental state at the dress appointment, what should I do? So let's say like, someone had this idea of their dream dress and they've tried it on and now they have to make this psychological switch. You ever find that some people just can't and maybe they're they're just not in this good state for whatever reason. Maybe they invited 15 people. Maybe they tried on their dream dress and it wasn't it. Maybe whatever happened. Do you encourage them to keep shopping? Should they reschedule? Like what, what would you lunch. encourage them to do? Yeah. I gassed them up. I gas them up and any consultant who doesn't tell you that you're the most beautiful creature they've ever laid eyes on is not doing their job, period. I have never seen a bride who looks like crap in anything. That's it. All of these brides are worthy of love. These women who have these body parts that they want to cover or that they hate. I've never met you before. I didn't know you gained 20 pounds or that you've lost 80 unless you tell me. But as soon as you tell me what you're insecure about, I'm going to tell you that I love that piece of you and that part of you and that we're going to overcome it together. That psychological thing is not ever going to truly go away for somebody, especially not on wedding day. And I say to them, listen to me, you do not want to feel self-conscious when you're walking down the aisle. You really, truly don't. You want to feel like I'm comfortable. I'm confident. Let's rock this thing instead of shrugging in your shoulders and cringing because you're not sure about the garment on your body. That garment is kind of like armor. Like if it feels bad, don't wear it. If it feels like this is my protective shield and I feel like a million bucks, wear it. The psychological shift for me has never actually been an issue in my 14 years of doing this. 
I usually say it in a way where it's not disappointing for people. It's not like, oh, I'm so sorry. It looks terrible on you. Oh my God, no. I mean, it's just like, cool. Well, let's move on from this thing and let's delete let's get the Pinterest off. board. Exactly. Let's take it off. Let's find something you love. So it's really, right. it's, a, it's yep. a psychological flip for the bride, but it's also one for me where I'm like, let's not waste any more time on this dress. Let's find you something that makes you feel like a million dollars. I will say my most psychologically barrier brides are the ones who either are in a weight loss journey or don't like the weight that they're at. Or I have had some brides who have scars. Um, I've had brides who have some physical things that they need to take care of. Um, uh, I, I don't know how else to say it. I've had, I've had a bride with an amputation. I've had brides in wheelchairs. I've had brides who feel like their physical limitations are going to hold them back from the right dress. Mm -hmm. And they have all of these fears surrounding that. Well, guess what? You know, your fiance loves you for who you are. If you've mm -hmm. been in a wheelchair the entire time you've met him or not, you are still worthy of feeling beautiful. And I am yeah. not the person to judge you. I had a bride a few weeks ago who had, she straightened her hair for me because she thought that her wildly curly hair would freak out the bridal consultant she was with. I was like, no, next time you wear that hair loud and proud, ma'am, because everything about a psychological halt for you that you're self-conscious about, I've never seen it before. I'm a stranger. But building you up and making you feel like you can do this, I'm not going to let you fail. I don't think you should stop shopping unless you can't dig yourself out of that hole, but it's my job to dig you out. It's not your job. Mm, I love so this. If you don't have a consultant who's got your back and your gas tank is on full when you leave, then you went to the wrong place. And I hate that because there are so many bridal consultants who've been doing it for two weeks or six months and they don't know these psychological things behind it. And they don't know how to make a woman feel like she's worthy of this, but you have to flip it and say, how do I make myself feel worthy? Well, use the same words and phrases on that bride. It's a very self-serving career. You guys, like, I feel like every time I have a bride leave and she feels like a million bucks, like I feel like a million bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's, it is very selfish of me, but at the same time, I give so much, like, I don't know if someone's really terrified of dress shopping. They're my favorite because I'm, I'm able to literally hold their hand and through this process, make them feel like they are worth every effort because they are brides are magical creatures. You don't get to be one for very long. It's really a very ephemeral, wonderful time in life. I, I love everything that you're saying because essentially what you're doing is you are, you're meeting, you're like confronting this, this image that they have of themselves that is not accurate. And you're like speaking truth to it in a beautiful way that is uplifting and, and reframing their mindsets, which is huge. Literally, yeah. I'm sitting here like with not joking tears in my eyes. Like oh. this has turned into, although it's a dress episode and it is, we do focus on mental health. You're like hammering in so much on like self-worth. Yes. And I didn't realize that was what we needed. It's what every bride needs. It's, I mean, no pressure. You're the centerpiece of this entire wedding. <laughs> you know, and if you don't feel like you're worthy of that or that the person waiting for you at the end of the aisle with tears in their eyes is waiting for you for a good reason or that you're scared about it, then you really need to dive deep into what's holding you back from your own joy. Yeah. I do not feel like there's any scarier time in most women's lives than when they're going to be told that they're beautiful on a day. And it's my job to make sure that they feel it so wholeheartedly that I'm not a liar. 
because I'm not. Every bride, no matter what they look like or what they wear is beautiful. And that goes for every person on this planet. I'm just, I, I'm not into that whole self-hate thing. And I will also say, I've had to say this rule five times. I said it five times in February and I don't want to have to say it again. There is no body shaming or fat talk in my bridal suite, period. You are not allowed to say, I look so fat. No, that's the F word. You get it out. No, no. Like I said, I've never met you before. And here you are looking like a snack with your waist all cinched in. I don't, you know, there's no such thing. I had a, oh my God, I had a bride who had her sister on Zoom and she loved this dress and she pulled her sister up on Zoom to show her and her sister goes, well, you're going to have to lose a lot of weight to fit into that thing. Oh my gosh. It was zipped. It fit her perfectly. And I put my hand up. I said, no, 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 no. I know you're not physically here. But there is, there is no body shaming in this room. Your sister is gorgeous. I don't care what size she is or how much weight you think she's gained. I've never seen her before. And she doesn't need any alterations. Well, what do you think happened to that bride? You guys, she was devastated. Oh, yeah, deflated I was say, her, she I probably, Yeah. Yeah. Gas tank was on E. And there's only so much you can do after that, which is just bringing us back to another point we already talked about. Only bring people that are fully on board with you and love everything about you. I mean, sisters are kind of the exception because all sisters have beef, but you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it, there's no reason for anyone to feel anything but beautiful. And if you have any problems feeling beautiful in your dress, then you probably need some alterations. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Well, and then that also, I just wanted to point out from a lighting perspective, because I tried dresses on and I remember you you just see a lot of things in light that like you're not going to necessarily see outside like a lot of like shadows or you know what I mean and so that's something else to keep in mind like when you go try go in a dressing room and like you hate the swimsuit you just tried on but you try it on at home and you're like okay so this isn't as bad as I remember in the dressing room like that's it something happens. else to keep in mind <laughs> yeah and I would say 85% of my brides don't try on something that fits them perfectly like, you know, I, I carry mostly like bridal sizes, 10, 12, 14. Uh, if you're a four, you, you know, it's not going to look the same. And if you're a 26, you're getting, you're getting clamped in. And if you're a 26 and I have you in my size 34, uh, you're also not going to look the same, but I, you know, every body type is gorgeous and you have to have, you know, this, this misconception of you have to be tall and perfect and skinny to wear bridal is a total lie. They are made for women by women, mostly who know what the heck they're doing. So, yeah, I love that point. So with, we had a few questions about dress customization. We had someone mention that they had their dream dress customized at dress gallery, actually. And I've done a couple of weddings where they like completely had custom dresses. Should they customize, I had somebody ask this specifically, should they customize their dream dress or should they buy one that they kind of like as is? What are your, all your thoughts on this, like customization? If you have the imagination to customize a dress, then do it. There's no reason not to. But if you're the kind of person who's like, I can't tell unless I see it in person, then you're going to have anxiety through the roof. So, um, we do have a few designers who will customize things. And I think it depends on what you want done. There are some girls like my six foot two girls. Um, I have to customize their length. That's not technically like changing much. It's just making the dress fitted to them. But I have some girls who, um, their churches have rules 
or they're like, I have a massive scar on my back and I would really like for it to be covered. Um, and so the designers can send us lace or things like that. And then our seamstress customizes them. As far as a fully customized dress, sometimes I have to ask myself why. So was it that you just want to put the top of this dress and the bottom of that dress? Cause that's cool. That's, that's no problem. Or is it because you want something that no one else has seen Or is it because you couldn't find it in yourself to love something that was placed right in front of you? And that last question usually comes up when I'm like, we can customize this for you. And the bride's like, I just don't think I like any of it. That's kind of a guarded thing for me. Um, But usually what happens is I'll be like, all right, here's what we can do to make this dress yours. And she's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to find something that already has all those things. Hi, uh, guess how many dresses I know exist and have seen in my lifetime? Lord almighty, I can't even tell you. And I can look someone's dead in the eye and be like, there's not a designer making that right now, period. There's not. And I will be speaking the truth because I look all the time on the websites, on their Instagrams, everywhere. I see, I just got emails in my inbox this morning of dresses that haven't even been released to the public yet. Like those are things that I see and I'm like, you're not going to find that. So if you're willing to compromise or willing to customize, then do it. But the reality is, is that you have to find something that you like, because even a customized dress, a fully customized dress, if you didn't like anything, anything at the bridal store, you're not going to like that thing either, period. Yeah, because that's that's just taking taking multiple pieces from these other dresses that you didn't like. Right. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, am I just being overly picky? Am I nervous about getting married? Am I not finding what I like? Or do, again, do I need a palette refresher? Ooh, that's super interesting. If it, if there's nerves that are involved, maybe mm-hmm. there's something subconsciously that's keeping them from picking the dress because if they pick the dress, they know like, wow, I am that much closer to taking this step and it scares the shit out of me. 110%. I get that all the time. I, I get that all the time. When I was dress shopping for myself and you know, the gown that I got, I customized it because I was, it felt very matronly and like covered up a lot in the front of it. You remember this. Of course I do vividly. I remember everyone's (laughs) dresses. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And the straps were also like thicker than I wanted. And just for my body type and Katie. So having a great bridal consultant found some fabric, cut out a nude piece of fabric, pinned it to the dress. So it gave me the illusion of a V-neck like a V-neck V-line. Sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. So I got she gave me the illusion of it. She's like, step back and look. And then like tucked everything. And that's how I customized my dress because there were just a couple things. I was like, I wish this was different. Like, I love this dress. I just wish this was different. And she was like, we can do it. Look at this. Yeah. And then, and sometimes it's possible if it's little things. And sometimes the designers are like, no, we don't customize anything. And that's their MO. Like that's fine if they want to do that. But the biggest thing I can say about changing one thing about a dress is if it's doable and it makes it perfect then don't have fear about it, just do it. Yep. I mean, designer customizations sound like they're going to be really expensive, but they're really not bad most of the time. And for me, it's like, if it's that one thing that you really need, then just, you know, bite the bullet, just do it. You know, if it's dollars, just pay it. (laughs) Like, honestly, it's not going to be that big of a deal at the end of the day, if you get what you want, or you can go to 40 other bridal stores and try on a million other dresses and still not find it. There's that reality too. So you mentioned a six foot two, your six foot two bride. So we actually had a couple questions regarding height. Um, one of them was just tips for finding a dress when you're six foot two. And the other one on the other end of the spectrum was I'm four foot 10 
and wedding dress shopping was awful for her. And she's like, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Your consultant didn't do their job. That makes my heart really sad. So the first thing that I will say for someone who's four foot 10 is that perspective is everything. You have to know going in that gowns are made for people who are five foot 10. It's much easier for a seamstress to hem a dress than it is for her to add extra length to a dress. You have to probably understand too that you might have to bump your budget to do custom length with the designer in the factory. That means I take special measurements of you. I submit them to the design house. They alter the pattern of your dress to make it the right length for you. They make it petite. If you're four foot 10, then you probably have a tailor. If you don't, I have a good one I can recommend, but you probably already have a tailor who would appreciate the fact that the manufacturer made it shorter already. That's a foot of difference. Now, Mm. that's when you actually order a dress. When you are shopping for a dress, the first thing is, is that your consultant has to use their tools appropriately. If you're four foot 10, you're probably also not a very big person in general. They need to use their clamps. They need to use their, we have little stands that the brides stand on. You need to make sure that everything is pressed out and fluffed out. If you don't have like a, a platform to stand on at a bridal store and you're shorter, then the dress is just going to pool around your feet in this muddy little puddle and you're not going to be able to see what it looks like. So I have, just bear with me. It was probably not safe. So don't tell OSHA. Um, I have put two (laughs) platforms on top of each other before for a bride who was four foot nine to give her that extra foot so that she was not focusing on the bottom of the dress and could actually focus on the full picture. Man, I held her hand like, and basically like embraced her the entire time. Like, I'm not going to let you fall. But the reality is, is that if your consultant is not working hard enough for you to actually provide you with solutions to your unique body, then that's not the place you need to be. And like I said, there's going to be consultants who've been doing this for two weeks or six months, but here I am 14 years in, I know all the freaking tricks. So for me, if you have a specialty like that, you're in a wheelchair, you have an amputation, you have, for me, one of the other big things was, um, a diabetic, one of my diabetic brides, she had a pump on her side. Well, that affects the way the dress looks because it makes it asymmetrical. I've had brides with scoliosis. I've had mm. a bride who's four foot nine. I've had brides who are six foot four. I had a six foot four Brazilian basketball player once. My God, what a smoke show she was. And you can see yeah. her full ankle. And so I knew that I had to order from a designer that I could order a custom length for her with. But the reality is, is that if the consultant is just a high school girl going through the motions, she's probably not going to be able to help you. So that being said, if you do have a specialty like that, then you need to tell the store up front, hello, I'm in a wheelchair. Will you be able to assist me when I'm shopping for a bridal gown? And if they, if they balk at all, if they're like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know if we've ever done that before, then move on. Cause I've done That's it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Do not allow them to, to take any kind of hesitation about it because they should have been trained for this. Because like I said before, everybody is beautiful and everybody deserves to feel amazing. And there's nothing that you can throw at me that I haven't seen before at this point. Nothing. Yeah. I love that. There's so much confidence behind that. So if she's six foot two, her ankles are showing. How can you help her? And I know as being an amazing consultant, you can do this, but for her to visualize that extra piece of fabric, how can she get past that when in um, most of my girls who are that tall, I, they, they already know how to do it. 
because every store they go to is the same way. But if they don't know how to do it, then I, again, I have tools and tricks to do that. It tends to be that A-line dresses are actually a little bit longer because there's just more fabric and it floats out from the floor. So even if they ask me for something that's fitted, I'll put them in in a ball gown or something so that they can see the tool hit the floor. Um, But I can take a piece of lace. It's called hem lace. It's just like a yard of lace. It's maybe two, three inches across. And I will get on my hands and knees and tack it to the bottom of the dress if I have to do it. I really, truly will. Yeah, absolutely. If you need it, I'll do it. Like I have no qualms about it and I know how to do it. So yeah, Yeah. no problem. Perfect. I love that. So after the purchase, they find the dress that they love. How do they deal with the anxieties while waiting for the dress to come in? Like thinking of, how am I going to style this dress? Is my dress going to fit? What's going to look good with it? How do I, you know, all the things that come along with making such a purchase. Um, don't, I tell them their next step is they're leaving. So for me, it's like, all right, your dress is ordered. It'll be here X, Y, Z on or around that date. Uh, your, and then I always say this phrase, your next step is, and then I follow up with what their next step is. Your next step is finding shoes. Your next step is making sure you get your grandma's uh, pearls that you want to incorporate. Your next step is making sure that you guys figure out if you're going to get married in Florida or in Kansas, because you need to know how you're going to travel with this thing. So I tell them the next step, but the anxieties that come along with styling, like I, I didn't experience that. I just experienced anticipation for waiting for my dress to come in. I was really excited to see it again. I wouldn't recommend styling your dress until you physically have it. Like if you have a pair of shoes or a pair of earrings that you love, do it, but don't buy a veil till you see it. And don't buy anything that you think matches perfectly because it's not going to, um, if you have anxieties or qualms about that kind of thing, again, get on your designer's Instagram, find the dress and see how other real brides styled it. Get some inspo, type in the style number into Pinterest and see if you can see other brides in that dress. And it's really going to help. Yeah. I love that. And the, will it fit aspect really alterations can help with that. So if it doesn't fit, which probably doesn't resize correctly, but alterations, right? Can I tell you a little story about COVID? (laughs) Oh, yes, absolutely. We called it uh, the COVID-19, meaning 19 pounds. We had tons of pride with weight gain over quarantine. Hello, it's March again. I'm having PTSD. Um, You know, you go from working on your feet all day to sitting at home. You're not going to get the same calorie burn, girls. That's really what what happened there. But a lot of girls came in and their dresses didn't fit. And I'm like, hi, okay, number one, do not panic. Do not panic. Do not think that you need to drop 25 pounds tomorrow because you're not going to be able to do it. You're going to stress yourself out. It's not healthy. Um, you go see my seamstress first. Go see my seamstress. If, if my seamstress says, I need lace, I need lining, I need buttons, cool, come get it. You know, if you don't see my seamstress and then you panic more and you don't know what the plan is and you don't know how to deal with this, you're just going to end up panicking. You need a professional to say, hi, I can fix this. Here are the tools I need to fix this. If you do that, your life's going to be a lot easier. If you don't do that and you just continue to panic, your anxiety is just going to be sky high. But the other thing too is do not stress out about your weight. Don't just try and maintain exactly where you are. You know, for me, it's just a very conscious thing. I knew I was getting married. I knew that I wanted to, I had a strapless dress that I wanted my arms and shoulders to look nice. So I did some push-ups. Did I hardcore go to the gym? No, (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't. You're like, I just focused on my arms. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't give a crap about my booty right now because no one's going to see it under these 8 million layers of tool that I have going on. So for me, it was True. just making sure that I stay on track with where I am now. And I feel like a lot of my brides who do that actually find that they feel more confident in their dresses than if they try to lose 20 or 30 pounds, because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself with everything else you have going on. And it's not fair to your body. Be nice to yourself. Be nice. Yeah. It's already an overwhelming time adding on something that is so, I mean, I want to say weight, but it's just like a heavy feeling to be carrying around that amount of pressure while dealing with what's already overwhelming. For sure. With, um, okay. So this question is right before we're going to dive into alterations, but let's say they got the dress. It's, they got the dress in, they've already purchased it. They're trying it on maybe before their alterations appointment. And they're realizing this wasn't my decision. This was my wedding party's decision. I made, I actually made the wrong decision. What would your advice be to them then? If you truly feel like you ordered the wrong dress, then buy the right one. Oof. Yeah. So just do it. Bite the just bullet. Just do it. Yeah. And a lot of bridal stores are like us. We're a small business and we pay for your dress when the designer makes your dress. So I, I paid for that dress. Like I can't get your money back. The designer doesn't want that thing back. I don't want it. I already have one most likely. So yeah. if you truly make that decision that you're like, I don't want this. Well, you have some tough financial decisions that you have to make in regard to that. Um, most of the time in this day and age, you can sell the dress you don't want on the internet with no problem. Just list it on Facebook marketplace and it's gone in 30 days. Perfect. But you will probably not under any circumstances be able to return a bridal gown. I know David's bridal has some return policies, but it's very rare that they're like, here's all of your money back. So you have to make sure, first of all, that that doesn't happen in your appointment. Do not commit to something that yeah. you don't like. Yeah. And second of all, if the dress comes in and you truly do not like that dress, you better think about the financial consequences that you just entered into. Because what if you don't ever sell that dress? Mm -hmm. It's a tough spot to be in. It doesn't happen very often. Most of the time your, your regret and anxiety comes before the dress hits the floor. When it gets on your body, you feel better about it. But if you truly don't, you better speak up because I'm also going to ask you for your wedding pictures. And if you're not wearing the dress I sold you, it's going to be V awkward. <laughs> so I've, I've seen that so transitioning to this this next part um, of questions these all have to do with alterations so when should you set up your alterations appointment six to eight weeks before your wedding with no exceptions Ooh, is that I something love that hard answer yeah is that uh -huh. something that you feel like is pretty well known or do you know to ask you that no. In fact, I had a situation a few years ago where the bride, I don't know what happened if she misunderstood or something. She thought that my seamstress did same day alterations and went in the week of her wedding for alterations. Ooh. It was Ooh. a really, I felt really bad and she wasn't very kind about it to me personally, but my seamstress tried to do what she could. The problem was, is that if you do same day alterations, you have to pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. And you can't do the multiple fittings. So I don't know where the miscommunication came in there, but now I make it a point. Every single bride that I have, I face-to-face -face look them in their eyeballs and say, six to eight weeks before your wedding, go to see my seamstress. And they're like, what about a month? I'm like, six to eight weeks. <laughs> six to eight so, weeks. So like, can, can I go before that? Yeah. 
go six months, who cares? But yeah, as long as it's there and you've started, it doesn't matter. Would you say, how many appointments would you say? Cause you said multiple fittings is multiple mm-hmm. fittings normal. I only had one, oh, but I didn't, you're lucky. Have a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot really request. Like I just had to do like straps and, but so kind of for everybody else, what's normal. It depends on what's going on with your dress. My most common alterations are going to be a hem, a bustle, straps taken up, maybe the bust taken in. So the first appointment you go in and my seamstress, Juliana at quick stitch, she pins you. She doesn't actually sew anything that day. She just does yeah. the pins. And then the next time you come in and you try it on, if you come in the next time after she's done the sewing work and you're like, okay, cool. This fits perfect. Sweet. Just take it. That's great news. Yep. Right. That, if yeah. however you come in and, you're, and she's like, I don't like the way that this quite looks, I'm going to tweak it. Then you'll probably have to come in for a third appointment. It's really all just dependent on what that second appointment goes like. So okay. there's going to be some variations within that. Um, it just, it really just depends, but at least two in the second one might be that you pick up your dress. Yeah. That was what happened with me. Apparently I'm lucky. You are. So for budgeting purposes, how much should a bride anticipate that alterations should cost? I know it might be different case to case, but like ballpark number, I don't know if you can even give that, but for budgeting purposes for brides to just kind of think ahead on that. This is really tricky because depending on where you live in the country, it's going to make a difference. For example, Kleinfeld in New York City, the say yes to the dress place. There are alterations, I believe, I'm I'm pretty sure they start at a thousand dollars. That's oh, not wow. yeah. Yeah. Here's the reality for me. You are paying a pr- trained professional to perfect a look on you, and it's got beading and it's got lace and it's got tool and it's got delicate things. And you have to engineer a bustle, which is not an easy feat. I have heard of stores that give away complimentary alterations. It makes me wonder how good they are. A good seamstress Mm. is worth her weight or his weight in gold. There's no way that I would think that paying 50 or $75 for my alterations would make me feel comfortable just because I can sew a little bit. Like I can do a temporary hem and a hook and eye and a button and that's it. If you want me to touch your gown, Oh my gosh. The amount of training that has to go into that is insane. It's insane. They have huge pieces of equipment that they have to use. They have engineering that they have to use. They have tools that they have to use. And I would say, so just a ballpark, because I know not everybody's in Kansas who's listening to this, just a ballpark. If you have a dress, I would say probably factor in 30% of the price of your dress is what you should expect to pay for alterations. Okay. That's very that doesn't, helpful. yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, but I would predict that. So if you buy a thousand dollar dress, then I would say you're probably going to spend two, 300 bucks on alterations. That's if you are needing a lot of alterations. It, like we're saying, if you're five foot 10, you don't need a hem. That just saved you quite a bit of money. But again, yeah. it just depends. And each seamstress is different. Each bridal store is different. Each gown is different. If you have a dress with tons of beading and applique, it's probably going to be more than something that's completely plain, quite frankly. So it's all circumstances, but you could never expect to, I mean, you get what you pay for. Yeah. That's really, that's really all very helpful. I feel like a lot of like, it's easy to highlight and spotlight other vendors, your photographer, you know, your, uh, your, the person that does your dress, but the seamstress, you know, the people that are making the alterations, they're like these unsung heroes that people, I feel like when they pay for them, they're like, 
oh, what do you mean I got to pay this much? But you're right. Like they've perfected this craft. And I have a feeling that this is going to tie into this next question that we have. But what would be your advice to someone who's having alteration anxiety? And the thought that they have in their head is, are they going to screw it up? I I would imagine that these two are are very tied together. Oh, I'm, um, I'm going to say something that people aren't going to want to hear. Thoughts become things. Ouch. If you're worried about something and you're worried about it and you're worried about it and you're worried about it, it's probably going to end up exactly how you think. That's the same way of even saying words become worlds. Like you manifest they, oh, these things in your life. Oh, look at you. I'm going to steal that from you, Chris. I you like can that, have a lot. that. You can take that. Thank you. Words become worlds. No, it's the truth though. Um, I would, I find that a lot of the times there are people who are like, I don't want to go to your seamstress. And I'm like, why? And they're like, I heard that so-and-so had a bad experience there. Okay, perfect. Then two weeks before their wedding, without fail, Chris and Ashley, they call me and they're like, who was that seamstress you recommended? And then five minutes later, the seamstress calls me and she's like, I'm fixing another dress that wasn't altered here. She just, you know, the reality is, is that my seamstress in particular, she's a very straightforward person. She doesn't put fluff around anything. I do. Hello. I'm very like, she's not, she's like, Oh, hi, you need a him. You need a muscle. You need the bus taken in. This is tight on you. Oh my God. That's kind of rough. Right. I have you guys at one time, she, uh, this is hilarious. She was in the store pinning a bride and she looks that bride dead in the eye and she goes, I alter this dress a lot. And I'm like, Oh my God, let's, You're like, please don't tell her that. Let's let each bride feel like their gown is the only one that's ever been made. (laughs) And just another, another newsflash that you're not the only bride on the planet, but, um, have an upfront and frank conversation with the seamstress about what she's going to do. If she's in her own storefront and she's a professional and she didn't pull her grandma's sewing machine out of the basement, she will probably, if she messes up, fix it. Right. Like that's what a professional does. But anxiety around alterations only exists because you created it. If you don't like that seamstress, take your dress out of their hands and go somewhere else. There are other people in the world who can do the same service. So, And would you say that most bridal shops out there um, have like a seamstress that they normally recommend? Is that pretty common in the industry? I think we're actually an anomaly because we don't have an in-house seamstress. I could not, just to be really frank with you, I could not pay Juliana at Quick Stitch enough money to keep her here. Does that make sense? She is a master seamstress. She went to trade school in India for this. She is above and beyond the best seamstress I've ever seen. I see her do things and I'm like, how did you do that? She goes, I don't reveal my secrets. I'm like, Oh my God, she's incredible. (laughs) And, and that's what I want for my brides. I want to send you to someone who's going to be the best for you and admit the fact that I do not have the skill set to provide that service for you. Because for me, it means you get someone who's better than I could have ever provided for you. I'm not going to hire, you know, a 20 year old girl who knows how to sew to do bridal gown alterations. I'm going to send you to someone with 40 years of experience, her own storefront on rock road and Kleinfeld dresses hanging in the back. That's what I'm going to do. Other bridal stores do have seamstresses that they employ. They're probably good or they wouldn't stay there. 
but I just would rather send you to a master than try and force one of my employees to do it. It also means for me that our gown prices are better because I don't have to pay a seamstress with the free alterations you get. You actually are paying an overhead to pay the seamstress and they just yeah. mark the price of the gown. It's baked into the cost. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, totally. I know that I'm, I'm a maid of honor in a wedding coming up and she is so struggling so hard with where to go for her seams, like, or for her alterations, like petrified because she's heard bad things. She's heard good things. Multiple people are recommending and saying like singing praises for people with completely different prices. Yeah. Like one might be $400 and the other's $800 and they're in the same city. And both people are saying great things about these people. So How go meet you- them in person. Okay. Go take your gown to them and say, Hey, I don't know if I want you to pin anything today, but can I meet you and talk to you about the stress? Just like you would with any other wedding vendor, because they're a crucial part, like Chris was saying, of making sure that you actually look your best. Go meet them in person, take your dress, take your best friend or your mom or your fiance and, you know, make him sit in the front or something and say, hey, here's my dress. What can you tell me? And then the same day, go to the other seamstress and say the same thing. Whoever gave you the warm fuzzies, just like every other vendor that you chose or that you feel most confident with, that's the person you go with. And while you're there, watch for two key things. One, do they have other bridal gowns in the store? Can you see them? Are they being worked on? Yes. Are there people coming to pick things up and they're greeting that person with confidence and kindness? Is there anybody else in the store at all? Are they busy? If they're busy, they're probably doing a good job. But if you see no wedding dresses and there's nobody in there and nobody comes to pick something up and they treat you kind of short, like, oh, are you going to do this with me or not? No, move on. No. And you can tell them what you're doing. Be like, I'm, I'm going to come and meet a few different seamstresses and I'd like to put you on my schedule. When's a good time for me to come in? You know, it's, it's just like picking your cake or your photographer, go meet them, go see what you like and then make your decision. There should be that, no difference. Oh, uh, here's what I, I love, love about that. this is it truly is highlighting the importance of a vendor that I don't think very many people even think about. No, I never would have thought of, I didn't know what to say to her when she's yeah. telling me, I don't know where to go. And I'm like, I don't know how to recommend somebody to you. Plus I'm not there. I'm not in Houston. I don't know. I don't have. Yeah. Any- I mean, I would just recommend it the exact same way you to recommend finding a photographer, find someone that clicks with you because they're going to feel more ownership over your dress and their project. Right. right. If yeah. they actually, yeah. If yeah. they actually work with you. Yeah. I love that. So two, I got two softballs for you that I'm going to lob towards you. So uh, does a bride need her shoes before the alteration appointment? Yes, 100%. Could it be the same heel size? Like maybe they, you know what I mean? Like maybe they change their mind, but if they change their mind, just keep the same heel size. 100%. Absolutely. And then next, how can, or how much can a dress be taken in if someone loses weight between ordering and fitting? Again, that depends on the seamstress. Because if you have a fabulous seamstress, well, it also depends on the on the grade of the dress. I'm getting into technical terms here. So um, some dress sizes are three inches. Some dress sizes are two inches between sizes. And some dress sizes are one inch between sizes. That's called a grade. Um, I can't tell you that it's three sizes if the grade in between sizes is three inches. I would say comfortably maybe four inches or so. But again, it depends on the dress. If there's very little side seam. So that, you know, those triangle cutouts on the sides are really popular right now for dresses. That's very hard to yeah. take in or let out. If you have a beautiful side seam, you have tons of material in there. You have lace to work with two, three sizes maybe, but you have to take that with a grain of salt because of what I just said about the grade. 
So a couple sizes is the correct answer. And you might be surprised to find that even if you drop 20 pounds, your dress fits you exactly the same because you didn't lose it from where the dress zips. So it may not need to be taken in at all. Oh, that's, that's good. good yeah. Rib cages don't change, you guys. Rib cages are bones. So there's not much you can do with those. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So people don't have to have as much anxiety about losing weight. You're really yeah. probably not going to change size much. You just might no. be toning up and, you know. Yeah, your booty your might change, body. but your bell gown, yeah. it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this next one, and this is like the last question we have from people, and this is a heavier one. And I think you're the perfect person to answer this. So after the wedding, they get their pictures back. They have a great photographer. How do they keep the, maybe I should have gotten another dress thoughts away. They start like second guessing the way they looked in their dress. Maybe. Yeah. So that's deep because that's not, usually anything to do with the dress. I will tell you a personal story. So during my, my senior pictures in high school, I had never been photographed before, but I mean, you know, like like you go to the cafeteria and they take your picture like scholastics there, right? Whatever. I had never been photographed before in a way that I actually knew what I looked like, if that makes any sense. And it wasn't an age where there were lots of cell phones and cameras floating around. Like you didn't have pictures taken of you very often. And I remember going into the photographer's studio and he did a slideshow and I sat there and I was in tears and my mom was like, are you okay? And I said, I didn't know I looked like this and I don't like it. Well, I was 17 years old. Um, I was very insecure about myself and there was really no reason for me to feel that way, but I just felt it and I felt it hard. And I told my mom, I didn't want her to buy any of the pictures. She could just save herself the money is what I said. And my big sister came home from college and my big sister looked at my pictures and I didn't know that she was looking at them and she's standing in my kitchen and I see her vividly today with her the biggest blue eyes I've ever seen in my life and her blonde, messy bun. And she goes, Jillian, you look gorgeous in these. I love these. Oh my God. Look at this one. This one's my favorite. And I was like flabbergasted. I said, wait a minute. Do you actually like these? I don't even know if this is what I look like. And she goes, I think it's just because you've changed so much that you didn't realize how beautiful you've become. And I still, to this day, I'm like, well, she's just a liar, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) you might need someone to ask why you feel that way. And if you're strong enough to ask yourself why you feel that way, I will tell you the dress is an inanimate object. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have political perspectives or sway you one way or the other on what you should eat for lunch or make you feel a certain way. You make you feel that way. And if you feel beautiful in any of those photos, you're like, oh, I guess I look okay in that one. Flip it. Say, okay, I guess I look okay. Okay, I guess I look. And then force yourself to say it. I look beautiful. Or whatever adjective you want to use. I look powerful. I look strong. Look at my arm muscles. Look at my back. Look at the way my spouse is looking at me. And maybe that will be enough. Maybe it will. And if it isn't enough, then ask someone who you know is standing there again with that 
that gas pump ready to fill your tank and say, can you tell me what you think of me in my wedding pictures? I think I need some confidence today. Shoot, I'll do it. Send me your pictures. <laughs> I think it's, that's really hard guys. I really hope that yeah. no bride has ever really felt that way. You know, one of the things that I love about your answer and just really just you in general and just all of the answers that you've given today is that they go beneath the surface. It's like we can look at these things that maybe, and some of them, sure, maybe they're, they're low hanging fruit, you know, maybe some things that people are feeling have to do with, oh, well, I really truly don't like that sleeve, but underlying things like that are deeper. Like with this question that we just talked about, it's like, that's really hard to say to someone that goes, you know what, honey, sweetie, there might be something that's going on a little bit deeper here. Like that's beneath the surface. And a lot of it has to do with sometimes messages that we received when we were younger, you know, from this person or this family member or this, you know, person who took our photos before. And they're like these, these beliefs that we have about ourselves and our minds, and they've allowed us to view ourselves in this jaded way. They're not really a reality of who we are. And so it's almost like we have to shatter that mirror that we're looking in. And I say we too, because I know men, obviously we're talking about women, you know, today in, in, in bridal dresses and stuff like that. But I also know men struggle with this as well. And so this is a humanity issue that we have. And so we have to be able to look at ourselves, capture these thoughts, shatter these mirrors and surround ourselves with people who are going to allow us to accurately view ourselves. And I think that you brought that to the forefront of this conversation today. That's the reality of it. And the, the other huge piece just right alongside that is how can you expect someone that you're entering into what's supposed to be a lifelong partnership to love you? If you don't love you, love you every inch of you, we get one body, we get one soul, we get one chance to make other people feel loved. And sometimes we forget that we have to love ourselves back, but you guys, even if it's embracing the weirdest damn thing about you or what you would consider to be the body part that everyone else would be like, wow, ugh, what is that? Embrace the weird and everyone around you will start to realize that you are wonderful. You are deserving of praise. Your spouse is going to tell you that whether you want to hear it or not. And sometimes we just, we discard it. Like, no, he's a liar. I don't feel that way today. You can't tell him how he feels or how she feels. They told you you're beautiful without any ask because you deserve to feel that way. But you know, I have, I've had uh, yeah. school counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists and girls getting their masters in social work in my bridal suite with me. And as I'm buttoning up their dresses and they're halfway through the appointment, they look at me and they go, this is like 90% psychology, isn't it? I'm like, totally, totally. Wow. Yeah, it is like, yeah, you got garments, but these dresses don't have feelings. Like they don't care about you, <laughs> like whatever you care about you. And I yeah. care about you. And the connection is that you make that special bond with something that made you feel a specific way, regardless of how your mom feels or your mother-in-law feels or your sister feels, you felt something, whether it was good or bad and you own it. And you're like, okay, I've never felt this before. I'm going to embrace it and run with it. And if you're not ready to do that, you really need to sit down and ask yourself if you're ready for marriage because you're going to feel a lot of things in marriage that you've never felt Oof. before. That'll preach. <laughs> you know, there's no something that you said here in this that it's like, you know, a dress is just a garment. It's this thing and it needs something to fill it. And oftentimes, like the way that it should go is that 
basically what the way that you described, you gave Jillian's definition of what a wedding dress is, and it's this expression of us. It's it's representing, you know, who this person is. But if we're not intentional and we don't have that planned out when, you know, people go to step into this dress, instead of filling it with themselves and who they are and, and how they want to express themselves, they can fill it with the doubt, the insecurities. And so it's almost like every Every person that is dress shopping has the ability to choose what they are going to fill this dress with. Are they going to fill it with their insecurities, yeah. their doubt, their, their all of this, these negative energy, or are they going to fill it with you and who you are and how you're expressing yourself through this dress? So it's, Your it really spouse is, is marrying you. Your spouse is not marrying a dress. They don't give a yeah. crap what you show up in. <laughs> well, and afterwards, I think if you're looking at yourself and doubting maybe your decisions, you might... Think back to stop looking at yourself, stop judging yourself, staring at those pictures, give yourself a moment to remember how you felt that day, because that is what you should be hanging on to. And then when you do that, you might be able to revisit the way that you looked and see yourself through a different lens instead of picking yourself apart. It's so easy in images, whether they're your wedding photos or images in general, to pick yourself apart from this still inanimate object that is a photo, but you have to remember that photo is you and how were you feeling? Right. And I, I, right alongside that, one of the biggest things that I can tell a bride is that all of this fades away. The day is one day you have a dirty dress and pictures left over. Um, but the lessons that you learn while you are planning to share your life with someone can actually make repercussions in the rest of your life and your relationship. If you are ready to embrace challenge and nervousness and anxiety and terrifying moments with money, that's wedding planning, you know, and yeah. doing something on your own, like you don't get to bring, well, some people bring their spouse or their fiance with them when they're wedding dress shopping, but doing something without them and feeling powerful enough to do it. I cannot tell you how important that is. Yes. You're married. You're not the same person. You have to embrace your own identity here, roll with it and get ready for all the challenges that come ahead. And if you embrace yourself, I find that your spouse embraces you more to, um, like I said, I got weird stuff here. I'm weird. Everybody's weird. My husband's weird. I love him, you know, and there's some parts about him that annoy me and oh my God, vice versa. I'm probably the most annoying person in the world he's ever met, but there he is smiling at me with my crazy hair and my breathe right strip on my nose every morning. Like I'm the goddess that just walked down the stairs to greet him. It <laughs> just depends on about. perspective. Yes. Yeah. It's perspective. It's everyday living. He's not going to see you in your wedding dress every day. It's one day. It's one day, embrace it and then let it go. But you still got to feel good about yourself. And if you can't do that, you need to do some self soul searching because when you walk down that aisle in that dress that you felt good at in that moment, but you don't feel good about yourself, he's going to see it and wonder if it's about him or her. Mm. You got to just de develop that self of self love care. And when that comes, you'll find that your love for other people grows abundantly because thoughts become things. And if you feel like you love yourself, oh man, the universe is going to give you love back. You might be one of my favorite people that I've ever had a conversation with. My, I feel so good right now. Yeah, like I feel. Don't you feel full and light? Yes. And like, just I'm like hyped. I am worth it. Yes, you are, girl. 
Yeah, you get it's, it. <laughs> it's amazing, Jillian. You have this spark about you that is inspiring. You are accepting. You are inclusive. And I think anybody who listens to this is going to leave because a lot of them have probably got married or they're in the process and they are going to need this reminder. And they're going to hopefully they walk away from this episode consistently giving themselves these reminders that Jillian taught them. Like you are worth it. You are beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Very passionate. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I've loved everything about this too. It's been so good. No, Phil, you, you go for it. He's He's frozen. frozen. I'm frozen. Cute smile though. Look at that. (laughs) He does have a really good smile right now. Oh, he's back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I I wasn't, I didn't think I was frozen, but yeah, I got nothing. I just was saying, I love this. This has been really fun. It's always yeah, nice for me to revisit so, my no, passions yeah. about this too, because I feel like sometimes you get lost in, oh, did she buy a dress? How much money did she spend? Where are we doing financially? But then I get to come back into these bridal suites and spend an hour and a half enveloped in someone else's world. And I find myself just enjoying every moment of being around someone who's terrified or excited or nervous or whatever range of emotions that they feel. And I'm like, hi, I'm happy to be in your sphere. And I don't think everybody else has that, but God, I really hope you, if you don't live in Wichita, Kansas or anywhere within a five hour driving ratio, that you find someone in your life who can provide that kind of care for you. Because I feel like so many people just go through the motions of wedding planning and they don't ever get to feel anything. And we're desperate for that. We're desperate for human connection and to feel our emotions and to let it go or let it out or let it be. And I love being part of that. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea and I do have to recharge you guys sometimes because I'm a giver of myself, but I know that now and I embrace it fully. And that's the thing for me. It's like, I'm never going to do anything else because every bride is different. And every spirit that I touch touches me in a way that makes me grow and embrace every single relationship that comes around. And I'm just so grateful. I'm, I really, truly am. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be on with you two today and that you even asked me. And it's so funny because as a 19 year old, if you would have called me a wedding dress expert on a podcast in 2021, I probably would have been like, that's not where my life was supposed to go. And here I am. And that's okay. You know, I'm thrilled about it. And I just hope that, um, people who listen to this really do take away that one solid message of you are deserving of the love that you give others. That's it. I'm like literally in shock. Well, Jillian, again, thank you so much for being on today. I cannot wait for people to listen. Oh my gosh. I'm so ready. I'm so hype. I know this is amazing. You guys have a lot of editing to do. (laughs) No, I, there's, there's nothing to cut. Like I agree with, there's nothing to cut. There's nothing to cut. It's just going to be the super ultra mega, you know, wedding dress episode. Like every person needs to read, needs to read. Every single person needs to listen to Yeah, everybody. That's seriously how I feel right now. So thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time and giving, you know, the brides that are listening to this, you know, your time as well. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Listeners, if you were touched by this, if this affected you in any way positive that you want to share with us, um, feel free to do this. Julian, can you tell the listeners where they can find you at on socials? Uh, Feel free to do any plugs that you want to do. Yeah, sure. So um, my store handle is at shop dress gallery. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, 
Pinterest, every single dress in stores on Pinterest. If you're already our bride and you got married and I haven't seen your pictures yet, you better DM me for real. Just <laughs> drop that album link. I always tag all the vendors. So please list those as well. I do all of our social media for that too. My seamstress is Juliana at Quick Stitch in Wichita. She's wonderful. She also manufactures face masks for frontline workers. Um, she just holds a special place in my heart. And if you're not a bride and you're not getting married and you just like me, you can follow me too. Cause I put all kinds of weird crap out there. I'm Southwind Jillian, which is a Kansas reference if you didn't know. So that's me. Um, Dress Gallery has been around since 2008 and we've been loving on brides ever since. So thanks so much, Ashley Thank and Chris. You two are wonderful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you everyone so much for listening and we will talk to you very soon. Have a great day. See ya.